So, so here's, here's a question. Uh, I would like to know who comes here most Sundays, a good three or four out of Sundays in a month, you are here in this space. Okay, well done, guys. That's amazing. It's really, really awesome that you're so consistent and faithful. But keep your hands raised. I want to know who sits in the same seat every Sunday or in the same vicinity. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. All right. We know where this is going. I want you to do me a favor. Okay. I want you to look at somebody. Why? Where are all your hands gone now? (laughs) I want you to look at somebody else who has their hand raised, and I want you to go swap seats with them, or at least swap areas that you sit in normally. There's purpose in it. You don't have to do it, but there is purpose in it. Let's move around a little bit. TK, you need to move, girl. You're in that seat all the time. Okay. Now, if, you, if you're wondering why I've asked you to do this very uncomfortable and possibly frustrating thing, here's the point. Sometimes, to see something in a fresh way, you need to reposition yourself. We are very much people of comfort and habit. And if we come to this space every Sunday, we park in the same parking spot, we talk to the same people, we sit in the same chair, we listen to the same worship happening, we hear the same preacher preach in the same manner, it won't be long before we become a group who tread out a path of religion. That is not the church Jesus is building. He is not building a religious habit in our lives. He is building up people who are powerful, who are incredible, who are strong, who are authoritative, who know their God and are able to stand in all circumstances with an incredible resilience operating in and through them. So I want to thank you for moving around a little bit. And I'm hoping that that will always remain in your mind, that sometimes you've got to see things in a fresh, you've got to reposition yourself to see a fresh perspective of a truth that you know deep inside of you. So let us pray. Lord, I pray for every person here today. We're precious to you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you want to anoint your word. You want to anoint the preaching and the teaching of your word. Thank you that you're willing to help every one of us here. Help us to open our hearts, open them wide, that freedom may come because you're good. Lord, this morning we are expectant for revelation. We are expectant for healings. We are expectant for the power of your spirit to operate because where we gather together, there you are in our midst. And if you, the King of glory, are in our midst, then this cannot be an ordinary place and an ordinary morning. This can only be a supernatural, powerful encounter with all that you have for us. And today, each one of us, we fling wide our hearts. We say, come and help us get a fresh perspective on the things in our lives that keep us going in a particular rut. We say, come, Holy Spirit, 
and shine your light into the areas that you want to illuminate so that you can bring freedom. For it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And those aren't just words, those are truths. And Lord, we want to see that manifest here in this place. And corporately, we unite with faith in our hearts. And we say, we know we are going to meet with you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I have overcome. Repeat that for me. I have overcome. I have overcome. And tell your neighbor, I have overcome. Yeah, they're pretty powerful words, aren't they? They would be if they were true. But don't we know that in everyday life, we don't look at every situational circumstance and go, I've overcome, I've overcome, I've overcome. More often than not, we're, we're struggling, we're enduring, we're getting knocked to the left. We're like in a boxing ring and we're taking a hook and a jab and an uppercut and a, all those things. We take these knocks all the time. Question. Are the words true or are they not true? Well, where are they found? Anybody know? I have overcome. Who spoke those words? Jesus. Great. Jesus is recorded saying those words. I have overcome. Who was he speaking to? His disciples. Was he speaking to his disciples just back then or was he speaking to the us now here today. How do you know that? How do you know he wasn't just speaking to his disciples? Because it's in the word of God. Because the word of God says, I'm not speaking these words only to you, but to those who will believe in the future as well. If you believe that this is the unfallible word of God, infallible, unfallible, help me out, English, in, I, you know, these white girls. <laughs> Let's go back to school. Infallible word of God. If you believe that this is the infallible word of God, if Jesus says, I have overcome, then he's overcome. So how is it then that Jesus overcoming is going to affect my life and make me an overcomer? How, how, is, how do we reconcile the two? Because I don't know about you, but I'm not walking in an overcoming, victorious spirit every moment of every day, all the time. Is anybody here doing that? Can anybody stand up and say, like Jesus, I have overcome. Anybody? One, one incredible person who's walking in that amount of victory? Be bold. Jump up and down. Say, yes, I have. I will preach the sermon. <laughs> The words are true, but perhaps our perspective or our revelation of those words have become distorted because we're seeing them in a habitual way. We're reading them in a habitual way. So let's see if we can unpack this a little bit today. Can you imagine a situation when you're in your office and there is an issue of racism that takes place? There is a slur, there's a slander, there's something small or big And you feel that pang of frustration, anger, 
resentment, bitterness. You feel it hit you like a sucker punch. And a friend comes to you and says to you, Yo, how are you handling that issue of racism in your workplace? What's the immediate response? I can't believe it. It's 2018. Who does this person think they are? Like, are they crazy? Are they, are they off their head? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to social media and I'm going to let a rant and a rave come out of me and I'm going to let this person know exactly who they are and who, who they think they are because that's not who they are. They're just a punk. And I'm going to let everybody know that this person is so broken and so messed up and I'm going to have my rant on social media. That is often the response that we either do or want to do. Is it not? What would it be like if we were a people who said, in response to that question, how are you handling that racist incident at work? We said, I've overcome my fear. I mean, no, not my fear. I've overcome my resentment and my bitterness and my frustration with this person. And the fact that I can see that they're so broken and they're so far away from God, I'm going to serve them even more. I'm going to, I'm going to show them the love of God that by his grace, maybe the goodness of who he is will cause them to repent. Can you imagine a world if every Christian was able to do that? What about a situation where you're constantly in hospital because your child is chronically ill and you're backwards and forwards between doctors and hospitals and you get to a point and someone says to you, how are you handling this? And your response is, I'm done. I'm finished. I can't do this anymore. I'm so beaten and broken down with this thing that continually hits my little one. I just can't take it anymore. It's enough. I just, it's, it's just, I'm, I'm broken. I'm done. Just can't take it anymore. I've given up hope. Imagine if our response was one like this. I've overcome my fear that my child is chronically ill and will never get out of this situation. And in fact, I'm actually, all those parents that I keep meeting in the hospital, I formed a WhatsApp group and we're supporting each other and I'm encouraging them with the word of God and I'm encouraging them with the hope that there is a, a Jesus who will heal our children or give us comfort to endure what we're having to go through. What would their world look like? What about your car getting stolen outside your own home? What is the response? I'm sick of this country. I'm sick of it. These people who just take your stuff. You can't even walk down the street without being harassed by somebody who wants something from you. And then people just take it. And I'm done with these people. I'm moving north. I'm going to go and get a nice little safe complex with people like me. And then get away from these people who, you know, just don't think right and just take what they want. And in fact, I'm even going to go and get my my visa and see if I can get out of this country. I've had enough. I'm just, I've had enough. What if we were a people who said, I've overcome my resentment and my anger and my bitterness towards those who take what doesn't belong to them. And I've actually joined a community group in my area who's tackling the issues of poverty. He's tackling the issues of why people are taking things that don't belong to them. We're getting to the bottom of it. Because I have overcome. What kind of world would that be? Every day, every moment, living in that kind of victory. 
Can I tell you what kind of world it would be? Can I tell you what kind of people we would be? We would be the people that God designed us to be. We would be the people that Jesus restored us to be. We'd be the people that the Holy Spirit empowers us and wants us to be. So can we live in that victory of I have overcome continuously on a daily basis? We absolutely can. We just need a fresh perspective. Let's see what Jesus said. He said to his disciples, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace. In the world you will have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous. Be confident. Be undaunted. In fact, be filled with joy. For I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. God, I pray that you would grace us to reposition our thinking this morning. Empower us, liberate us to see and activate the authority and the victory and the spirit of the overcomer that dwells within us. I've got a picture for you on AV. And I want to ask you this question. Do you want to be that person when you face... When you wake up in the morning and you think about your to-do list and you think about going into the city or you think, no, the first one, that one. And you think about, um, you think about the city, you think about your family, you think about your kids, you think about your workplace, you think about your, your spouse or your future spouse or the relationships around you. Don't you just want to be like, I'm on top of it. I'm like, I've so got this thing. Yeah. Totally. We want to live like that because we were designed to live like that. We were created to be strong, empowered, authoritative people. That's what we were designed to do. And you know, when Jesus accomplished everything that he accomplished on the cross, and if you weren't here over our Easter period where we had our our Friday, Good Friday service and our Resurrection Sunday service, if you weren't here from that, please don't miss out. Get the podcast. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely incredible to be reminded of this victorious King of Kings. Who? What were the words you used, my love, when you preached? You were amazing. Wasn't he amazing? He was amazing. So happy I'm married to you. Here we go. You said that he's the king of kings because he is the supreme conqueror with the greatest kingdom, the most worthy king to be followed and obeyed. Jesus is all powerful. He's the ultimate authority. Nothing can stand against him. We see that in the accounts of his recorded life. Nobody came across Jesus's path and left unchanged. We saw him exercising authority over sickness and demons and over the dead. And we saw him bringing heaven to earth wherever he went. And then we saw him on the cross, just, you know, the ultimate victory, where he was like, Satan and sin is done. It's dealt with. I got this covered, people. He did it powerfully, victoriously. 
And you know what? Every time we look at the picture of the cross, we need to see that authority. We need to see that victory. We need to see that, um, that powerful, like he says there in, in John chapter 16, he said, my conquest is accomplished and my victory is abiding. Whenever we see the cross, we need to see that. And where is the cross living right now? Let's see that next picture. The cross is right there. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, all of that power, all of that authority is within you and it's ready to emanate into a victorious life. But why are we not seeing it? Why are we not tapping into it? It's a good question. Just think about that for a second in your own life. Why are you not seeing it? Like you know you should be seeing it. Like you know it should be operating. Close your eyes for a moment. Ask the Lord just to come and illuminate why you are not seeing it in your life the way you know it should be operating. See, when you surrendered your life to Jesus, you used your free will to yield your whole self over to him. You acknowledge yourself as spiritually dead and you ask him to awaken and bring to life the true you. You invite him to come within you and his spirit comes to dwell within you and he lives through you. His power, his authority, his strength, his courage, his wisdom lives through you. Can you see that cross living through you? Can you see a picture of yourself with all that power, all that authority, operating through your personality, operating through your gift mix, operating through the way you perceive and think about things, operating through the things you're passionate about, emanating into the world to the people around you who only you can reach in the way that you can reach them. Can you for a moment see that victorious cross pounding out of you into the world around you? Okay, open your eyes. When you look in the mirror, I want you to see that picture that you've been seeing of that all of God shining through all of you. Okay, so it's a great picture. How does that help us? Let's move on. John 14 tells us that The Holy Spirit remains with you continually and will be with you continually. Galatians 2.20 says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives inside of you. When Paul was talking to the Corinthians, he challenged them and he said, Why are you acting like mere men? Why are you acting like mere humans? What does that mean? It means that they were acting in a way that people who didn't have the Spirit of God were acting. Which means that if you have the Spirit of God, there should be a different way in which you react to things. Something different should be coming out of you. There should be something supernatural about you. And yet when we look around at daily life... It's the natural that's coming out of us. It's our immediate emotion. It's our immediate um, wound that comes out. It's that it's it's as if 
There isn't this abiding victory in us, and yet it's available to us. Who's hungry for it, guys? Who's hungry for that abiding victory to resonate through you? That in everything you are undaunted, in and everything that happens, you have this perfect peace. In fact, you're filled with joy. (laughs) Because something terrible happens and you're like, God's going to turn it to my good. Because that's what he says in his word. The way it's going to operate is when we have sharp swords and renewed minds. Let's look into this a little bit. Sharp swords and renewed minds. Ephesians 3.17 says this. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. God likes your personality. He created you that way. He wants to shine through that quirkiness that you've got going on. You know, when, when it says, you know, it is no longer I that live, it's Christ that lives inside of me. It's, it's the, no longer the bad stuff of me, the sin stuff of me. But you are actually awesome because you were created awesome. With your personality and your quirks and the things that you enjoy and the way you like your cereal and, you know, the way you, I don't know, what are the quirky things you might do? I, I won't give away all my quirky things. Um, but you know your uniqueness. God loves that. He loves that we're not all the same. He loves that we walk down the aisle in the front of church. That's him. <laughs> we love our kitties, eh? He loves you. He created you. Your uniqueness is beautiful. Too many people walk around with this this self-depreciating. And it's it's often it's the Christians, you know? People in the world are like, woohoo, I'm awesome, I'm amazing, I'm incredible. And it's it's like, (laughs) okay, awesome. But it's the Christians who are walking around like, oh, just so bad, I just messed up again, and why can't I just be victorious, why can't I see the cross coming through me, and you know, just self-depreciating, come on, Jesus wants to, wants you to know how valuable and incredible you are, and it goes on to say that he wants you to be filled up throughout your being to the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God. So to be completely filled and flooded with God, we need to have sharp swords and renewed minds. So it starts, point number one, starts by this, by having the Holy Spirit. If you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you haven't received his spirit, then I want to encourage you, come along to the BFC. Come along and learn about this beautiful Jesus who has done the most incredible thing for mankind and come and learn about him and meet him and connect with him. Maybe you, you have and you've given your life and you, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but, but it's, it's just you haven't actually had the baptism of the Holy Spirit where there's the evidence of maybe speaking in tongues and this continual um, presence and awareness of him. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit in that way, come to BFC. You'll learn about the Holy Spirit. 
You, you get an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But also don't leave today if you really want to do it today because we'll have some leaders up the front and they'll pray for you and get you baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. But that's not entirely what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the next level where Paul says that we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And when he says you need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, he's not talking about just coming to church once a week and getting filled up. I'm not talking about just a connect groups. He's talking about every moment of every day, all the time, praying in the Spirit, stirring up that gift, that incredible power that is resonating in you, but is lying dormant. The Holy Spirit is not meant to be dormant within us. He's meant to be awakened and alive and strengthened and given opportunity to exercise what he wants to exercise as the situation presents itself. And we have to partner with that. When Jesus was on this earth, we we understand him to be 100% God and 100% man. Well, you know, well, we, we're ourselves and we have, it's like all of us and, and all of God dwelling together, operating in this partnership. So he's done his bit and he's residing within us, but we have to do our bit. And that is to activate and to be continuously filling, refilled and filling ourselves. And that's this constant being in the spirit, praying in the spirit. What does that look like? I mean, I've spoken to people about that, and they're like, are you crazy? Are you going to walk around praying in the Spirit all the time? Yes. All the time. Every moment that you are aware of yourself or aware of situations around you or let there be a God awareness. And you can do that all the time with the gift of the Spirit that is within you. And you know, it's not necessarily this big demonstrative, you know, oh, when I'm praying in tongues, I'm going to start like running up and down the street and, you know, being, I don't know, spiritually mystical. And it's, it's often very subtle. It's just this constant awareness of God's authority, constant awareness of God's presence, constant awareness of God being residing within you, this constant alertness to what God is wanting to do or respond or say. It's this constant changing the spiritual climate around you. I get a lot of experience with this. So we have two boys who are exceptionally adventurous, okay? And the the, the big thing at the moment is surfing. And there are a lot of dangers (laughs) when it comes to the ocean and they don't just stay on the shoreline and catch the little breakers. They are like out at backline beyond the piers. And they're 10 and 12. They're little. And there's piers and there's side washes and there's big waves that hold them under the water. And I mean, Caleb comes up and he's like, sure, mama had a near death experience. I'm like, let's, let's not have those. You know, let's stay safe. But I can't wrap my boys in cotton wool. They, they're full of testosterone and they want to push the limits and they're going to be brilliant and amazing in the things that they do. And as a mom, the best thing I can do is not sit on the beach and worry. Oh, don't, don't, don't fall in the pier. Oh, don't, don't, that wave's too big. I have authority. I have power within me 
And when I'm on that beach, I am like, sometimes it's coming out. Sometimes it's just internal. I mean, we were at the Glen Ashley shore break the other day, and these waves are just pounding and smashing my kids on the floor. I'm like, I don't know why you call that fun, but I'm just praying in the spirit that they're not going to like break a neck or get like washed out where there are no lifeguards. I've been on the pier, and my son is like, Paddling and there's huge waves and he's going to get smashed into the pier and I'm just like I'm ready to jump in and go and be lifesaver but I'm praying in the spirit because I can do something in the flesh but I can do a whole lot more in the spirit and as I'm praying in the spirit another little wave just comes and pushes him to the side and then he comes through in and then I give him the don't be so foolish don't push the boundaries so far but there's a power at work when we will connect with the spirit on a continuous basis and you know what I am seeing such a fruit of that besides just the, the effect on my children. I'm seeing a fruitfulness in living on mission. I'm, I'm busy praying in the Spirit because I'm trying to like make sure my kids don't die. But all of a sudden, there's like some random person who's just like, hey. And I'm like, hey. And we start talking. And then I start ministering. Or then I start sharing the gospel. Or, and there's this authority. It's not like I'm, I'm like purposely trying to find people to go and evangelize or reach out to. It's just naturally happening. Because there's a spirit, the resurrected Christ is saying, yes, you're awakened. Yes, I can reach out to this world. I can reach that person because you're there and you've activated me within you. That's how we're meant to live. I remember the one day Daniel fell. Um, He was about three years old. And we didn't know what had happened, but by the time we got to our screaming child, there was blood coming out of his mouth and blood coming out of his nose. And I was like, that's probably not a good combination if there's blood coming out of the mouth and the nose. And I can think of about 10 different catastrophic situations that might be going on right now, worst case scenarios. Um, And when Wayne opened his mouth, he saw that the flap of his palate was flapping down. (sighs) Does fear hit you like a sucker punch? Does this overwhelming surge of, oh my gosh, is my child going to make it to the hospital? Like this just, I don't know if it's just me, but I can like worst case scenario can just boom, 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 like right there. And we grab the child, we put him in the car and we start to pray in the spirit and we start to pray in the spirit and we're just praying and we're praying. And all of a sudden there's a strange peace that's just over us. And there's just this like, God's going to turn this to our good. God's going to sort this out. God is with us. God is for us. And there's just this supernatural. I didn't have words to pray. We're just praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. By the time the doctor got our child and opened his mouth, his palate had reconnected to the top. He didn't have to go for surgery. He didn't have to have anything. We subsequently found out from his brother that he fell on a pole. And the pole went, not pleasant. But we had the power of God in operation. And we didn't have to have a physical operation. That is how God wants to operate in and through you. If you have the Spirit of God in you, that is how He wants you to operate every day in every moment. You become bulletproof. The trials, the hardships, the accusations, the the lack... It comes at you and it bounces off you because the cross is so powerful within you. Let that cross resonate through you. You partner with it by being in the spirit, 
continuously filled up. Point number two, partner with the Holy Spirit to sharpen your sword. Where's your sword? Who's got their sword? Your sword is the Word of God. All right? The Word of God. How do you sharpen your sword? I'll tell you how a blacksmith sharpens his sword. He has a, um, he has a sharpening block and he has a sword and he meticulously at the right angle draws the blade of the sword across the stone. And he does it that way. And he's meticulous and he's patient and he's thorough and he's consistent and he's diligent and he's intentional. So that when he is finished sharpening that sword, it's going to work. The person who's going to use the sword is not going to go and be like, Wah-ya! It's blunt. It's going to be like, Wah-ya! chop you in half. You know? <laughs> now I'm going to speak very, very frankly about this one because it's probably out of my three points my weakest. So I'll pick on my weakest. Have you ever been in a situation where a situation presents itself and you start to pray and you lose the words and you can't remember how that scripture actually went and, it's, and you kind of mix it up with that other scripture. It's because the sword is blunt. We sharpen the sword by being diligent in learning the scriptures. You take that thing that's coming against you, fear, financial lack, relational struggles, parenting, headaches. You take that thing, you find a name for it. And then you get the Bible and you go to your concordance and you find every scripture that you can find that relates to that thing. And if you don't have a concordance, you get your phone and you go on the internet and you find all the scriptures that relate to it. And then you write them out. And then you learn them. And then you learn them off by heart. And then you write them in your own words in a declaration. And that way you are sharpening your sword. Because you're being diligent. And you're being consistent. And you're being faithful to be like that blacksmith who's just sharpening that sword over and over and over again. And then your sword is sharp. And then it can cut through anything that comes at you. Fear comes to grip you. I haven't been given a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. Your declaration comes out. Thank you, God, that what is within me is power. And fear will not come and cripple me in Jesus' name. I have been given a sound mind. I will not allow this to manipulate me and dictate to me in Jesus' name. And you know what? Fear scurries away because the power of the cross, it knows. If you have more knowledge than application, you are in the trap of religiosity. If you know these things to be true and you're not applying them, if I know these things to be true and I'm not applying them, I'm falling into the trap of religion. That's not the church Jesus is building. He's building people who are powerful 
and authoritative and advance his kingdom. Point number three, partner with the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. You take that sharp sword and you use it to deal with everything that harasses your mind. That's where the battle takes place. Fear doesn't necessarily come as a creepy little something in the middle of the night. Maybe there's a demonic presence, but what does it do? It messes with your head. Every scary movie you've ever seen, every horrible encounter you've heard about or read about on social media, immediately, and this is, this is going to happen to me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this one, and this is going to happen to me, comes and it messes with your head, messes with your mind. This is where the sharp sword needs to be used to renew your mind. The Holy Spirit cleans the room of our minds, cleans through the messiness of thoughts, of doubt, confusion, anger, rogue emotions. He comes to clean up and tidy up and bring to order. If you had to get a visual picture of what's going on in your mind right now, does it look like that home that is just ka-ching? Wayne was in Joburg recently, and he stayed with some friends of ours, and they have a home that is ka-ching, like ka-ching, ka-ching, <laughs> beautiful. Everything has its place. Everything is clean. Everything is in order. My friend is the perfect hostess. She'll just whip up a carbonaro for dinner. You know, everything is just meticulous. Then you get other houses which is probably a little bit like our house Paul Wayne was away, and it's a little bit messy. <laughs> and it's messy, and it's, no, no, my home's not messy. Okay, it's just not as, okay, let's pick on someone else's home. You know, you know those homes that are real dumps? Messy, it's cluttered, there's dust, you know, it does, the sink, actually our sink was a bit like that, hey, sorry. The sink is just like, yuck! Don't even want to touch it with gloves on. If you had to look into... The room of your mind, the house that's up here. Are you kitching? Or are you dirty, messy, bombarded, harassed, distorted, perplexed, grimy? Ish. Which house do we want? Kitching! We want that one. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to come and do. Super nanny Holy Spirit wants to come and clean on up. He's going to work with you, though, because you're the one who's going to be doing the cleaning. But he's going to inspire you because that's the partnership. Partnering with the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, to clean up the house that is up here. And when those three things are in operation, the continual filling of the Holy Spirit all the time, driving in your car, sitting in your office, before you go into your presentation, while you're listening to that colleague who doesn't shut up, while you're engaging with people who you just don't get because they see the world so differently, continuously in the spirit. And that, sh- that sword is sharp. You're taking the time to sharpen that sword, taking the time to be like that masterful blacksmith. And that word is so rich inside of you. And you're partnering with the Holy Spirit to renew your mind.
to keep it uncluttered, to keep it clean and kaching and beautiful, then you start to be the church that Jesus said that we're to be. Ephesians 1.17, Paul says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him and that the eyes of your heart, the very center of your core of your being, will be enlightened and flooded with light by the Holy Spirit and that you will know and cherish it. And you will activate the, what it, the immeasurable and unlimited surpassing greatness of his, of his active spiritual power that is in us who believe. We can't hear that. Listen to this and go away unchanged. We can only say, yes, I am going to arise. I am going to be everything that Jesus wants me to be, who God created me to be, who Jesus restored me to be, who the Holy Spirit will empower me to be on a daily basis. I have overcome Christ's words, my life. Christ's words, your life. Christ's victory, you're the enforcer. I've noticed in the last couple of weeks a number of things. There, I've come across devout religious people who have pulled idols through our city. I have heard the prayers of devout religious people being broadcast over the airways multiple times a day. I have seen devout people chanting allegiance to their religious leaders as they go up and down the promenade at the beach. I have seen devout religious people using human body parts to offer up sacrifices to the dead. Jesus is not in heaven goofing off, waiting for the Father to say, hey, go get the saints off that crazy mud planet. Jesus is interceding. Jesus is saying, arise. Jesus is saying, I have created you to be everything that I was on this earth because I put my spirit inside of you. Now rise up, awaken I see in this room not a gathering of people. I see in this room power and light and authority and victory that the world out there is looking for in all obscure places. Your victory is not just for your personal quality of life. Although that is important, I am all for having a nice quality of life. <laughs> I don't like it when it's not working out. I want to have a good quality of life, and the cross is a part of that. But it's not just about that. There are beaten down sons and daughters under a world system who are looking to this Jesus that you love, and they want to see his power. 
They want to see what you talk about in the scriptures and how Jesus did this and Jesus did that. They want to see it in your life. They want to see it in my life. They want to see this authority and this victory and this, this raising up in a supernatural way to overcome everything. And they can see it because we have all the tools available to make it happen. But probably in this room today, there's probably three categories of people. And I want to end off with this. Perhaps you're here today and you are like, Trisha, do you know how hard it was for me to even just get out of bed this morning and come here? Do you know how when I open my Bible, I just, it's, it's empty. It's, I can't connect with it at all. I know what that's like. Personally, I know what that's like. Jesus is not whipping you or flogging you and saying, get up, rise up, be a better Christian. You know, go and work on your sword. He's not, he's not bringing that condemnation to you. He's saying, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Lean into my grace. Lean into my kindness. Lean into my goodness. I'm here for you. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. Holy Spirit is your helper. Let me come alongside you. So if that's you today and and you're in that broken, really troubled space, you're okay. You're in a safe place. And there are people in this room who would love to walk with you and help you and be a friend. They won't be perfect. They won't get it right all the time perfectly. But you know what? If they'll pray with you, and if they will pray for you, and if they will just be an encouragement to you, you'll be amazed at how quickly you will begin to connect with the power that's available. You'll be amazed how, as they encourage you to listen to the audio Bible because you battle to read it, or they encourage you to put on some worship music, and you yield to their encouragement and you partner with them and not with the despair and the hardship, as you begin to partner with those people around you, you'll begin to see that the yoke is easy and the burden is light. You'll begin to see the graciousness of our awesome, awesome Jesus. And I want to ask you, do not keep your battle in isolation. Oh, but Trisha, there's no one who can really walk with me. And Wayne's so busy. And, you know, shame. You know, you can't kill Wayne. He's like, how many of us are there? And there's one of him. But there's Christ in every single one of us. And we can help each other. So don't leave it in isolation. Because our God, who is a God of relationship, says, can I not give you connection with other people to be in a relationship with who can help you in your next step. So let's look around and let's see who God is highlighting. I just want to take a moment and just pray for those people. Will you all bow your heads just to give these people um, some privacy to respond? Um, But I would just like to see by a show of hands, if you're really, really battling, you're really struggling, I want to pray for you specifically. Why don't you just raise your hand nice and high for me? You're so brave. Well done. Just keep your hand raised nice and high. Okay, you can put your hands down. The rest of you, I want you to pray with me for these people, just in your hearts. Lord, I thank you for these people who acknowledge that they're just in such a hard, tough situation, tough place, and they don't want to be there. And I thank you for the grace of your Holy Spirit to come and to empower them, 
to help them to see the relationship, the friendship, that person that they can just speak to, you can help them. I pray that you would fill them with strength to take the next step to connect with you. And I pray, Lord, that you hedge protection around them. And I declare that the enemy will not take them out. I declare that the cross of Jesus that resides within them will prevail where they can't prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're in another category, like you're really winning, you're like, as I'm preaching this, you're like, man, I'm living that. I'm just, I am, I'm rocking that. I'm really doing well. I've got this thing happening. If that's you, and you really, that's you, you're hitting this thing hard and you're doing well, can you raise your hand for me? You just really feel like you could maybe help somebody else out. You could maybe, brilliant, thanks, Ash. So anybody who raised their hand from that first category of really struggling, if you want to have a little chat with Ash after the service, she'll pray with you. She'll help connect you with a connect group or another leader or somebody else. She'll help you to get plugged in. Thank you so much, Ash. I really appreciate that. Hmm? I'm sure there's more hands. Can I see any more hands? You're winning. You're rocking this thing. Maybe you're not perfect, but you're, you're, you're there. Okay. There we go. Some more hands. Okay. Will you guys, would you maybe make yourselves available at the front of the auditorium so that any of those other people who are struggling can come and get prayer from you and, and just have a chat? Is that good? Okay. But to the majority of us who are tired of just enduring life, tired of just making ends meet and relying on natural crutches to just get through the day, we're going to pray. Are you ready for the power of God to impact you radically? Stand to your feet. Let's pray. All right. I want you to lift up your hands like that victorious guy and say, thank you, Jesus. I believe that the power of the cross dwells within me. And everything that I need to overcome Everything that comes at me will take place. Thank you, Jesus, that as I yield my life to you afresh, you will help me to be continuously filled with your Spirit. You'll help me to diligently sharpen my sword. And you'll help me to renew my mind. Thank you that you are with me. You are for me. And the gates of hell will not prevail against me. Because I am your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, go enjoy your Sunday. Be blessed. Be blessed to be a blessing. Go chat with somebody about what took place in your life today and so that you can help them to grow.